Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. This morning, I want you to take your Bibles and open them to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I thought all week and prayed on this, and yesterday I prayed on it and I said Lord what do I really say what what is it that you want me to say and usually by the end of the week I have notes everywhere and this morning I only have one one and it's simply this stop following false narratives. Every time we, we do something, we see, if you get on social media, you, you immediately see fake news. You watch TV, fake news. There's a lot of fake news going around the world. And half of it this morning and this evening and Wednesday night will be spread from the church pew or the pulpit. Because people don't take the time to open the word and read it for themselves. Stop spreading the false narrative. Verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And when I think about that one passage right there in verse 3 when it says I was with you in fear and much trembling, we have to understand that it was not a sub-quiet, subconscious type of fear. It was fear and trembling. Have you ever been startled or walk around the corner and somebody jump out and scare you and your heart's racing, you're shaking? That is a trembling and fear that we need to have when it comes to the correctness of preaching God's word or teaching God's word or even reading our Bible. There's no book of opinions. There's no book of I've got it right and everybody else has got it wrong. You know why there's so many denominations? Because everybody else is right and everybody else is wrong. What are we doing? What are we chasing? What is it that we're seeking? I'm telling you this morning, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I echo that verse from the bottom of my heart. I'm not a, a scholar. I'm not a, a master degree in, in theology or doctrine. But I stand before you a man that was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once broken, but I am repaired. Why? Because it was the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ that picked me up 
and put me back together. Because I know that there's going to come a day that I'll stand before him and I'm going to be held accountable for my life lived. This isn't a false narrative because there's going to come a day when you stand before him and are held accountable for your life lived. It's inevitable. The word tells us it's appointed unto each man to die. Not one person in here is going to win that game. Because at the end, we all die. Each and every last one of us will find that final fate. From the youngest to the oldest, we are guaranteed one thing in life. Death. Verse 4 says, And in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing word of man's wisdom, but with demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a quick moment. It's not brought to you with enticing words. I mentioned this Wednesday night. So many people are flocking to what feels good, what, what entertains them. But what happened to the gospel being preached with boldness and conviction from the pulpit? When did people become so easily offended? When did people start standing back saying, you know what, I don't know exactly what this means in my life, but I want to seek God's direction to find out where I'm going. When did people stop doing that? I can tell you when. When the false narrative of the church got spread around and said you can live how you want to as long as it makes you happy, run with it. Newsflash, the gospel's not always going to make you happy. It's not always going to be an encouraging word, but it should encourage you. Hear me now. It's not always going to encourage you, but it should be an encouragement for you to change your life as I also look at it to change mine. Not one person in here under the sound of my voice are perfectly fine the way they are. Something in your life can change. Something in your personal walk can change. Stop listening to the false narrative of the world that says it's okay to feel the way you want to feel. 90% of the population leans more toward political correctness than they do biblical correctness. 52% of the population leans toward what makes them feel good. You ready for this? These are real numbers, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't stuff that I'm just coming up with on my own. This is a week of diving in. So I, when I came to you, I had my facts together and not spread a false narrative myself. You ready for this one? 10% of the population. 10%. Follow biblical correctness. Now you think, man, that's a big number for the population of the world. No, I'm talking about right here in West Tennessee. And there's still some statistics out there that don't even that, that don't even add up to 100% of the whole population. Those are just the ones that people were able to, to get, get info from. Do you know when the people come to your home and they're, they call them, what, census workers, I think, and they got their little cards out, and they say, look, we just want to five, ten minutes of your time, and they end up staying for an hour and a half because they want to know everything down to the color of socks that you're wearing. Yeah, those people. The first time they walk in a room and this is the first thing they say, are you a Christian? 
Did you know half of the people in the United States are Christians? Did you know the other half are agnostic atheists? And can I tell you a secret about those that claim to be Christians? Half of them have never set foot in a church. They identify as a Christian because mommy and daddy did. Brother and sister did. Grandma and grandpa went to church, so I guess I are one too. Because you grow up in a home around people who claim to be Christians does not make you a Christian. Stop following false narratives. Because you attend a church does not make you a Christian. Can I tell you something else? This is a real shocker. Oh, don't y'all love how I ask y'all that every every more, every week? Can I tell you something else? And y'all are like, well, you're going to anyways. I'm waiting on somebody to stand up one morning and go, no, we've heard enough. I'm going to share something with you that is mind-blowing, phenomenally hard to grasp a hold of. But do you know that more atheists believe in the Word of God? Atheists believe in the Word of God. Yes, this book, the Bible, than Christians do. Well, how's that possible, Tom? They don't even believe in God. Well, did you know that they quoted his history? Think about that for a minute. If they don't believe in God, why would they quote something that, that is the living word of God and they look at it and go, well, it's history. Well, hold on a minute. In order to be a true atheist, you can't even agree that the Bible is history. Oh, this is where it gets really deep. Did you know Muslims believe that Jesus was a prophet? Oh, it gets a little deeper. Are you ready? Did you know that there are people right here in, in Gibson County and Obine County and Dyer County and Weekly County and Crockett County, West Tennessee, who have never stepped foot into a church? Never heard the gospel preached. But they still identify as a Christian. How's that possible? False narrative. Because people go to a church one time, they automatically become a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a couple of Presbyterian, and all of a sudden they follow a denomination instead of following Jesus. Man, we're going down a rabbit hole this morning. The false narrative of the people has been twisted so much in the past years that we're constantly looking for direction from a man instead of direction from the Word of God. 9-12, millions of people gathered around churches and they went to altars and they prayed. Catholic churches were packed out. Evangelical churches were packed out as people ran and they flocked to their church and they sought God's face and they humbled themselves for a moment. Only the next day to wake up and realize, eh, this is going to be part of history. We're good. Let's move on. Did you know that the problem with the United States of America does not start at the presidency? I'm not saying that that's not got anything to do with it. I'm not saying that Congress doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm not saying that the Senate doesn't have anything to do with it. But the number one problem is this. We have forgot who God really is. He is not a God to be mocked. He is not a God who will stand back and watch another Sodom and Gomorrah unfold before his very eyes. Let me remind you quickly of what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. You've read the story. You know it, I hope. 
If you don't, let me give you a brief rundown. So, Lord, don't don't destroy it. You know, there's got to be at least one. If I find one, I won't. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what's wrong with today's society? People don't want to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. They want to seek ye the pleasures of themselves and all the stuff they can add unto themselves and make themselves happy and smile. And they don't want to go to church and feel conviction anymore, Jack. They want to go to church. They want to be uplifted and encouraged and put a smile on their face when they leave. And they want to conquer the world. They want to make a million dollars in a week. And did you know that when they go to work the next day, they're just as miserable, as lonely, and broken as they was Sunday morning when they walked through the door? false narrative is spread across the United States of America so quickly that people are quickly turning and they're going, what in the world are we looking for? What is it that we're seeking? What is it that we're doing wrong? Why is the society as a whole the way that it is? I got an answer. False narrative. The false narrative of the people has been this for years. It's okay. There's grace. It's okay. You're, 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 you're only human. It's okay. I tell you what, if you can go home today and y'all gonna be able to put the puzzle together here in a second when I say this name. If you can go home today and you can pull out three men who claim to preach the gospel today and they get national attention all the time. And if you can find anywhere in any message that they have preached over the last 20 years and show me one instance where they actually use the word of God, I will buy you a steak dinner. Now, keep in mind, I've used my, I've done my research, so I'm not, I'm not willing to make a wager that I know I'm going to lose on on this one. If Carrie's looking at me, thinking, challenge accepted. Joel Wolstein is not a preacher; he's a great motivational speaker. I don't know if this is perfectly legal for the podcast or not, but it'll be fine. Griffo Dollar is another man who's got a great heart for people, but he is not a preacher. I said it, and I'll say it again. My mama followed T.D. Jakes all over the place. She thought that man was the most powerfulest preacher in the world. But I've never heard him use the gospel with passion and conviction other than to make his pockets fat. False narrative has been spread nationally throughout the TV broadcast centers all over the world. Why? Because it makes people feel good. This morning I stand before you to tell you this. Don't always flock to what makes you feel good because it may make you feel good, but it'll make your stomach hurt after a while. Do you know if you go home today, Jack, and you melt down a bunch of chocolate and that's all you eat all day, sooner or later your stomach's going to hurt, but it's going to be good for a while. I love ice cream. I could eat ice cream all day long because I can take a, a bucket of ice cream and I set it down and I get my spoon out and carry it to you. I've done it. And I get, I don't even talk about one of them little, little buckets. I'm talking about one of them always saved buckets, buddy. 
one of them dog food bowls as ODB used to call it. And I'll get me a spoon out and I'll dig me a hole in the middle of my cargo and I'll take my chocolate syrup and put it right there in the middle and let it start melting a little bit and start mixing it up, you know, and I got me a chocolate milkshake in a bowl. But if I eat that whole thing, my stomach will hurt. Can I tell you something? The United States of America, people have started ignoring the bellyache and continue to eat what, what doesn't really taste good but what's killing them. The false narrative. Can I tell you something about the false narrative? It was around before fake news was even a thing. 1929. That's a long time ago, right? 1929, a man gets up and he stands behind the pulpit of a small church out in the middle of nowhere. And he says this. By the year of, and this is in a book that I've got at home. I can't remember the name of it. I have to find it. But I'll, anyway, swirl. <laughs> he said simply this. By the year 2022, people will begin to leave the church more than ever and flock to what makes them feel good. Modesty will no longer be a thing. The women will dress like women of the night. The men will no longer respect one another, but become haters of one another. Man, he started to hit the hammer on the head, wasn't he? The United States will no longer be what it once was because the people no longer care. That was in 1929. Do the math on that. Tell me how long ago that was. He saw it for what it was becoming. Even then, things were changing. 93. Thank you, Jerome. Y'all know I don't, I'm not good at math. Mark, don't amen that. But in closing, I want you to know this. That, and I echo this whole passage this morning in such a real way in my own personal walk. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing word or man's wisdom but the demonstration of the spirit and power. Because I'm going to tell you right now, y'all know me. I'm not an intelligent guy. You better not have been that Elijah. But my family knows when it comes to this, it's serious in my life. When it comes to this word, I take it serious. And I'm going to tell you this, that your faith, your faith, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith. Not mine. I mean, mine too, but you, you know what I mean. I'm addressing you as the church right now. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let me tell you something. I've listened to a lot of men over the years who are intelligent men, who have a lot of inspiration, they have a lot of encouragement, and they know this word, they know the history, they know the theological dialogues, they know the doctrine, dialect, they know they know a lot about this word, and they're great men. Can I tell you a secret? I don't take their word for it. Don't take mine for it. I stood up here about two months ago and I was having a conversation with someone 
And they said, how do you believe a book without knowing that it's true? How do you believe a book without knowing that it's true? Parker, come here a minute. How do you know that's hot without touching it? Seriously, how do you know that's hot without touching it? No, like seriously, not, that's not a good answer. I mean, it is, but not for what I'm saying. How do you know that that is hot without touching it? What tells you that fire is hot without touching it? Common sense, right? Put the candle out. Put it out. No, but you can't blow on it. Can't blow on it, but you got to put it out. Oh, my. I didn't say burn a church down. <laughs> Note to self, never use Parker as a demonstration again. Go, have, go sit down, son. Oh, my. But, but <laughs> we're going to take five. <laughs> Commercial break. <laughs> but think about this, y'all. You know that it's hot because you have common sense to know fire is hot. Why don't we have enough common sense to go, that didn't sound right. Let me open up my Bible and look at it and see what it says. And why don't we do that more? Why don't you stand with me this morning? What are we singing this morning, Dobie? Singing number 319. I want to encourage you this morning. Stop following the false narrative. I love y'all as we sing. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life, we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.